Hey guys, I have a little bit of sad news for you today. Clayton is going to go ahead and further his education. He's heading off to grad school, so congratulations to him. But we're happy to have Nick along for the ride. Things might get a bit squatchy from time to time, but we're going to have a good time. And Clayton, we send you all our love. Thanks for everything, Clayton. Oh, hey guys, you're listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I am Nick Floyd. And we are coming to you from our respective podcast dungeons now nick has switched up his view of his podcast dungeon because he's way cooler than me and my desk is too fucking big to move so <laughs> just moved walls i just rolled my chair over and i was like oh you know what why not yeah i searched for this desk for eons when i when i started this what it has become the podcast dungeon and it's like a 1930s like solid wood like even has little credenza on the top desk Ooh. and I'm never moving it. I had to, I still haven't put the trim back around my door because I had to pull the trim off the door to get it into the room. Oh yeah. You can't, that, but I fell in love. you can't break stuff like that down. You just, you have to just hope for the best and Harry and the Hendersons knock shit down <laughs> if you have to. <laughs> and I totally did. I totally did. And it's, it's fabulous. And it's the sturdiest fucking desk I've ever owned as an adult, but it's ginormous. They don't make them like they used to, you know? They <laughs> don't. So how's your week been since we last recorded, sir? Uh, you know, I got a tummy full of tequila. and uh, Right now? Yeah, right now. Lucky. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm drinking it's, wine. <laughs> so cheers, bitches. <laughs> well, I've currently moved to seltzer water, but, uh, you know, it's it's a good time to be alive. <laughs> you know what? That's all you can say right Is now. it? <laughs> no, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Yep. Oh. Optimism. You know, you, uh, you know, living the dream in fucking quarantine, motherfuckers. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm not bitter <laughs> at fucking all. I just like every time I think of quarantine, I think of the movie Quarantine with, uh, yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, okay, listen, we're all at home. They were in a apartment building full of zombies and like not the kinds yeah. that like walk. And they were just fine. They made it out. They were all right. It's all right. We're hashtag blessed, motherfuckers. Yes, we are. We're doing. We can still get curbside takeout. Yep. I'm going to stand by my statement. It feels good to be alive. <laughs> oh, shit. So I've got news. Oh, I love news. Oh, it's not even real news. It's just, hey, here's what's going on with me. Not that you asked, but I'm still going to fucking tell you. Um, <laughs> Chris and I decided to get a puppy. <gasps> yeah. A puppy? A puppy. Oh. So we we had two huge mastiffs um, that passed away last year. One old age, um, and then the other one was two and had an aneurysm. It was so fucking tragic. And we've been without a dog since like early January. And I keep telling Chris no, because I'm the one that takes the dogs to camp when we have to travel, which I don't see any time in my near future, so that's out of the wall. And I'm the one that has to bathe the dogs and this, that. And I said, mister, 
we can get a dog because I have never seen Chris so happy in my life as when he was looking at puppies. It's like, we want to keep that. Just, you know what? Let's get a puppy. Until it gets here and he's going to be like, God damn it, Christina, take it out. But, you know, whatever. Um, but she's a white golden retriever. She is half Russian golden retriever, which is super fluffy. A quarter American white golden retriever and a quarter English. So it is the fanciest fucking golden retriever. And I hope it speaks Russian. Oh my God. I really didn't mean that. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to be pissed when that dog starts talking. (laughs) So I have since come up with six names. I'm going to pull up the text I sent my daughter because she's the only one keeping track at this point. I need to hear these. First name, Annabelle. After the possessed doll. Perfect. Um, Second, Lorraine. After Lorraine Warren, the very famous paranormal investigator. Chris isn't going for either of those. (laughs) So (laughs) then we came up with Ghost. So it goes paranormal. And you also got a little Game of Thrones action in there. Oh, yeah. That's no brainer. And then I was looking at her. I mean, I haven't met her yet, and I won't until we pick her up. And I kept thinking Xanadu. Oh, throwback. Very 80s. Yeah. But then I'm worried I'll call her Zanny and somebody will think I named her after the drugs. (laughs) So that one's kind of eh right now. Um, And then Aria, which has nothing to do with paranormal. Uh, Xanadu actually is kind of paranormal if you think about it. But Aria is just straight up badass little thing from Game of Thrones. I like that it's 80% paranormal. 20%, 20%, and you got to check my math on this, but 20% Game of Thrones. So I really like that. I don't do math. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so the, the the old Mastiff, um, her name was Bellatrix. We called her Trixie because uh, she was half Neapolitan Mastiff, half French Mastiff. And her dad looked straight up like Fang, the dog from Harry Potter. Oh. So I had to name her Harry Potter yeah. name. And then Tasha, when we got her, she was legit full on Harry Potter dog. When we were in London and went to the Harry Potter thingamajig there, it was a gray neomath, looked just like her. But we named her Tasha, but her full name was Natasha, as in Marvel, Black Widow. So Chris says I can't have anything to do with Harry Potter anymore because I kind of wanted Luna. I don't know. I'm just torn. I thought of another one today. It's already gone, so that one's not going to work. Have to, you have to wait until you're, you have Chris in front of the dog, and then you just shout out the name and say, well, it's, it's imprinted. I, we can't change it. Well, here's the thing. Since you know my house is haunted, right? Yes. Okay. So whenever we hear something weird in the house, Chris will just yell out, Ghost! So if we have a dog named Ghost, we can still continue to yell out, Ghost! <laughs> I feel like that might create some um, tension between the ghost and ghost. Uh, <laughs> well, I think the, the girls, which are my ghosts, I think they'll appreciate. I, I know Anna used to love playing with Tasha. That's how I figured out she was here when Tasha was playing with nothing. Come to find out she had some kind of brain issue, so maybe that's not even a thing. Um, but oh. I know. So I, if that was a thing, Anna would love having a puppy. And... 
Abby is like early 20s chick from the 1920s, 30s with the page boy haircut. She's for sure going to love having a puppy. So I think we'll be okay. Oh, that sounds great. And I think they'd prefer us call them by their real names anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Chris. There you go. You could name the dog after one of them. Chris already said no. <laughs> I like that that was even an option. Like that was Oh, yeah. Pro- I said, what about... What about Anna or Abby? Well, our first golden retriever's name was Abby, so that would just be weird. But Anna, I was going to sneak in Annabelle and then call her Anna, and he's still now. So. Uh, he'll come around. Eventually. Eventually. Well, yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> just wait till, yeah, I'm telling you, wait till he sees the puppy, and then you shout the name, like, say it five times, uh, and then that's it. <laughs> like, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> That's how it works, right? I'm pretty sure that Beetlejuice is a great name. There you go. Okay. I've got... I, you know what? Next week, I'm going to drill you on the social shout-outs. So pay attention, mister. I'm ready. So, hey, guys. You should follow us on all the stuff and all the things. We're at Oddity Files on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, just search Oddity Files. You'll find us. We also have a not-so-secret fan group. You just have to click a button to join. It's called Oddity Files Fan Group. And yes, I know I'm still ashamed. I made a Zoom where Oddity Files, not Zoom, what is it? Oh, it's TikTok. Yes. TikTok. (laughs) See, I don't even know. I haven't checked it in weeks. (laughs) Uh, And we're at Oddity Files on TikTok as well. Also, I know times are tough for everybody right now, but we do have a Patreon page. It's just patreon.com slash oddityfiles. And I need to give a shout out to our producers who are Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke, and Doug Malden Locke. Everybody, we appreciate everything and all the stuff and all the things. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, and we have a show on Amazon Prime, which I've been neglecting to talk about (laughs) and that's no good (laughs) if you're a new listener if you're an old listener you're like shut up bitch we've heard this a million times but if you're a new listener check us out on amazon prime we have a paranormal reality investigative program called surprise oddity files we're so freaking original let's (laughs) see oh And a contest. We have a contest going on every month. All you have to do is rate and review us everywhere. All the stuff and all the things. And if you do it in more than one place, send us that as well. So if you rate and review us, take a screen grab of it on either IMDb, Amazon Prime, Apple Podcasts, I think Podcast Addict has a way. There's all kinds of ways you can do it. Once you do it, screen grab it and email it to me at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com, and we draw one winner a month. You win some fun swag. It's a couple stickers and a Sasquatch greeting card. So it's super fucking fancy. (laughs) Everyone loves swag. Is that even considered swag? I've been calling it swag for like a year. I don't They're just stickers. Swag is anything. If there's anything I've learned from my time in the uh, convention business, swag can be a piece of fruit. See, I would have never... Maybe I'll send somebody a banana peel. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. A banana peel? <laughs> have some decency. I, that's just gross. It's, <laughs> I'm smelling it, and I'm not even near one. 
Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. I guess I should uh, get to some paranormal in the news. Are you ready for that, Nick? I, I you know, I saw the dream catcher up last night in my room, so I'm ready. Oh, did you have nightmares? That was totally on my list of things to ask you. Uh, I didn't, but who's to say that it's not going to happen today? True. Um, I did have one of the authors from my story last week contact me, and he said, please be kind. I said, no, the story was great. I haven't even read your book, but I I, I look forward to it. I guess they're about to re-release it with some additional stuff that's happened at the house so there you go the uh, the from the story last week yeah the the two arthur the authors with the middle initials Mm -hmm. that's fantastic wow i don't know how they knew yeah they have apparently we're getting around there's (laughs) it came to them and they had a dream they They dreamt of oddity (laughs) files they slept with that fucking ask ekaska ekas s <laughs> under their pillows and look what it brought them see kids be careful what you sleep with or who you sleep with that, that, oh. that would be the least intimidating shit i've ever seen in my life is like if a ghost picked up an etch-a-sketch and it's just the little knobs are going i would, I would be so unthreatened by, by oh yeah but i'd be sitting there videotaping the whole damn thing Oh, you better believe it. I was like, this is this is my TikTok right here. A million views. <laughs> Do it again. I can't, even, I can't even get views on TikTok. Good luck, mister. <laughs> so my news is it's it's not funny. It's actually this guy's a fucking dick and I want to kill him. But it comes from Channel 6, WJAC. It's speaking of, you know, ghosts and demons and shit. Police say a Pennsylvania man jailed for trying to light his child on fire to burn the demon out of him. And sadly, Nick, this is not the first time I've read one of these kind of stories on this I was, show. I was just about to say this. The, the, the worst part is, is that's not the first thing I've ever seen about that shit. No, it's so <sighs> fucked up. So police say Johnstown man is facing a slew of charges after attempting to light a four-year-old child on fire and burn the demon out of him, according to a criminal complaint. Josiah James McIntosh, 27, was arrested on Wednesday following a domestic disturbance incident at a residence along Wren Street in Southmont Borough, police say. He faces charges of aggravated assault, simple simple assault, reckless endangerment, making terroristic threats. So this guy's just fucking batshit. Arson and child endangerment, according to court documents. So the nitty gritty of it is upon arriving at the scene, police say they spoke to a man who told them that McIntosh attacked and threw a brick at him when he intervened with his attempt to harm the child. Police added that they observed several visible injuries on the man's left side, as well as his head and ear area. Officers say they then located the child, who was standing naked inside the residence and had gasoline poured on him and around him. Following a brief search of the neighborhood, police say they located McIntosh, who smelled of gasoline and was in possession of a disposable lighter. Okay. People. First of all, your child is not possessed by a demon. 
You've been spending a lot of time with your child right now. It doesn't mean they're a goddamn demon. And second of all, don't fucking burn children. Motherfuckers. Okay. Nick? (laughs) I mean, you've said it all, really. (laughs) Uh, uh, Good God. It's like... It's... The, the worst part, again, is that this is not the first time this has happened. No. Uh, I, uh, I, people are just... I I don't understand. Dicks. People will say anything to look for an excuse to do something terrible. Yeah. it's And uh, nine times out of ten, if you think somebody's possessed, have your head checked first. Second, have their head checked. Nine times out of ten, it is mental illness, people. I'm just putting that out there. You can hate me all you want, but nine times out of ten. And that fucker, totally mentally challenged, ill, demon. He's the demon. There you go. Ugh, people. Oh, what a terrible person. I don't know. If you see somebody who's treating a child like a demon, call the cops. Thank God his neighbor did. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Where was that? Where? where, What town? Pennsylvania. I, it said a borough, so I'm assuming it was part of like Philly or like a major city. Yeah, that's Dicks. uh, yeah, total dick, total <laughs> super dick who deserves a life in prison forever. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't mean to depress anybody. I just wanted to make a example out of this dickhead and tell y'all if you see anybody acting like this dickhead, it's the name of this episode. This dickhead. <laughs> um. <laughs> Call the cops, do something, be the hero. Yeah. So, yeah. People are a little crazy. I, I'm just going to tell you, Nick, uh, last week's episode, huge numbers. Way to go, sir. Oh, hooray. I'm excited. I'm glad there weren't less numbers. They're like, God, <laughs> stop bringing this guy back. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, either that or people are going back to work and now listening in their cars. But I'm going to say it was you. <laughs> People love a good Bigfoot story, I tell you what. <laughs> that one was pretty much all Bigfoot all the time. That was I had so much fun discussing Bigfoot. I'm just putting it out there. But not all episodes are going to be all about the big bad, even though, do you notice on my shirt? Oh, yeah. Bigfoot. It's the first I thing the I Nessie. saw. Oh. I got hide and seek world champions. What a great combo. Great combo. Big fan. Oh. <laughs> I, you know what I'm a big fan of? Do you like that segue? I do. It's fucking classy. I like when you tell me stories, Nick. <laughs> you got a story? You, you go first this week, right? Uh, yeah, sure. I follow. This is Dirty Dancing, and I'm following your lead. Well, so I went first last week, and you went second. So this week, it's your turn to go first. Oh. I was just trying to break you in easy. Oh. And then you go first, and I'll go second. Okay, I got to zoom this in, because... I have the vision of a 97-year-old. Okay. I feel attacked. <laughs> All right. I decided to, to go a little bit different. I, uh, you know, I was telling you before we started, it was important that I brought some quality stories to the, to the podcast that maybe uh, hasn't been covered before. And I did some Bigfoot last time because that's a story that's near and dear to my heart. But uh, today, I'm going to travel all the way to Florida. And tell you one of my favorite little local legends in, in Florida. Nice and spooky uh, with a little twist. And you're originally from Orlando-ish, right? You, you did most of your growing up there. You said something yeah. about West Virginia a while back. 
I grew up in the Panhandle, uh, spent most of my life in the Panhandle of Florida, and then moved, uh, moved to Orlando for college, and I lived in a place called Winter Park, which is very close to where the story takes place. Oh, I can't wait. It's a fun one. Uh, so Florida, as, as many of you know, Florida's the home to manatees, swamplands, and ghosts. That's right. And this particular story is set not too far from the University of Central Florida in a small town called Oviedo, a place known for being the celery capital of the United States starting in the 1880s. (laughs) The celery capital? Is that what their their flag says? What better way to start a spooky story than by telling you what used to be the celery capital of the United States? I'm just sad it's not anymore. Could you imagine the bumper stickers? It would be great. I don't know what happened and why it changed, but for a while, I guess it was the celery capital. I love it. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, The story begins back in 1878, and while the name of the family and their position in the town is a mystery, to this day, the legend and aftermath live on forever. Uh, The story goes like this. A young widow and her three young children were riding through a large celery field in a horse-drawn carriage early in the morning en route to the St. John's River, which runs pretty much all the way through the central area, like central Florida is how it runs. And this is kind of smack in the heart of of Florida. Uh, The fog was thick, and the mother and horses couldn't see the road ahead of them. One of the wheels snapped as it hit a rock, sending the carriage hurling down a watery bank. The mother was thrown from her seat, surviving the accident, but her children... All three of them were crushed or drowned. Oh, my. Yes. That's uh, horrible. Terrible, terrible end to this day that they were probably going to get water from the river. And I bet they weren't demons. No demons. Nope. Just <laughs> wonderful little children. Still trying to make uh, that funny somehow. It's not there's, no happen, there's no way. Nope. <laughs> there's no way. Uh, Further details of the story are sparse, but the children are apparently buried in an obscure cemetery in the town of Geneva, which is a few miles northeast of Oviedo. The mother was said to have lived a short life after the loss of her children as she was consumed with sadness and guilt. It's a terrible way to live. Very sad. Locals say the children now walk the celery fields looking for their mother. Oh, my. To this day. Very sad. The fields are now very overgrown, uh, but folks who drive down Chapman Road, which is the road that the celery fields, the road's kind of smack in the middle of the celery fields. Uh, If you drive down that road, they've been known to not just see the children, but hear the children. That The kids are no more than eight years old. They're wandering around the celery fields in the early hours of the morning. Some have said that the children are happy, skipping hand-in-hand and giggling, while others claim that during foggier mornings, they're visibly upset, scared, and crying for their lost mother. Well, more often than not, it's Florida. It's often sunny there. They're going to be happy. So there's your bright side. That's all I have. The bright side is is there. I mean, they have. there's some happiness to the sadness and the the fact that the in the story that, like, the fog kind of symbolizes the sadness of when they lost their mother and then the days where it's not foggy is very interesting maybe they caused the fog (laughs) i don't know you never know i'm sticking with it (laughs) uh one of the first-hand accounts 
that it, that was spread around the town. Uh, this one is documented. Uh, it goes like this. A woman said she was traveling through Oviedo to get to work in Orlando one morning around 5 a.m. when she saw three children dressed in white gowns walking in an empty field near the road she was on, which was somewhere around Chapman Road, um, which is a lengthy road. She said they looked very distraught and she was concerned that they might be lost. So she stopped the car, pointed her headlights toward the field and started walking where she saw the children. When she got in the middle of the field where she, where she last saw the children walking, an icy chill overcame her. And she finally noticed that she was completely alone in an empty field until she started hearing the cries of a group of children. Covered in goosebumps. By herself terrifying oh my god she raced back to her car and drove away never looking back and this is just one of many experiences locals have had on the now famous chapman road in oviedo wow so there's no ghost of celery there's no ghost of celery (laughs) so this is a shorter story but the reason why i felt compelled to tell this story um and in that it does sort of feel like a local legend told by secondhand sources, uh, I wanted to kind of put my spin on it and say that I've been to Chapman Road in the very earlys, early hours of the morning um, with some friends. Oh, and so you were, you were up to some shenanigans. We were shenaniganing. Yes, we were. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was trouble, but there's a lot of history in Oviedo and there's so many little stories and they're all very small and, and things like that. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of different things and I'll touch on those in a second, but the main story was that these kids wander these fields. And if you drive down it, you could see or hear them if you roll your windows down. So a few friends of mine decided to drive to the field. It was quite overgrown. We drove in like this woman did. And we turned our headlights on just like she did. Um, to kind of light a path for us in the field in the early hours of the morning around 3 a.m. We got out of the car, started walking, spent about 20, 30 minutes in the field, didn't hear anything, didn't see anything. So we decided to go back to the car and park it across the street where there are more celery fields. And there's a path that led into a wooded area because it's also overgrown that this was more kind of like the woods of the celery fields. Okay. So we started walking, and about five minutes after we started walking, we started to hear the crackling of twigs and branches all around us. Like, crack over here, crack over there, crack behind us. And it was just like, boom, 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 boom. It just didn't stop. Like three small children just fucking with you. Yeah. Yep. I mean, (laughs) we initially thought, like, maybe it's it's the kid. You know, it sounded like the kids, but it was just, it was so quick that... We didn't really make the connection. We're like, it's probably the wind. Um, Some sounded really far. Some sounded right behind us. Some sounded like it was all the way to the right. I mean, it was kind of echoing because it was very quiet. I mean, you could hear the needle, the pin drop. Um, But the moment that startled us was when we heard several twigs crack directly in front of us and stopped completely still no more cracking and it was probably about i'd say like eight feet in front of us oh snap and it wasn't multiple it was literally like crunch nothing silence there were no laughs there were no cries there were no figures it was just the sound of branches cracking and then nothing 
And so collectively we are like, all right, I'm out. I'm getting out. <laughs> Something is not happy that we're here and we're gone. So now that led- could you see where, where it was happening roughly? So you didn't see anything in that area. We didn't see, it was really dark. We had our phone flashlights and this was like iPhone four flashlights. So they weren't that bright, you know, but, uh, yeah, we, I mean, we really couldn't see. It was so dark, and okay. we we were, yes, we were hooligans, and we were eating, like, cheeseburgers and walking while we were doing it. It was really stupid uh, <laughs> and disrespectful, I but we were curious. So I, I was curious because knowing the history of Oviedo and things like that, I was very curious to see if there was anything else in the area. And so yeah. after doing some research um, – Many people have said that their cars have stalled going down the road. Um, There's a story of a boyfriend and girlfriend who were driving. And the boyfriend was in the passenger seat. And he felt like someone grabbed him by the shoulders. And like squeezed him until he couldn't breathe. Oh my. Um, And then the last story was a couple. it 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 was three friends. And they were sitting in a truck bed. In the area that we were in, and they saw a black figure leaning against this tree, and they were staring at the figure, and the figure was, they could feel that it was looking back at them, (gasps) and when they shined a light on the figure, the figure started bolting, like running towards them, and it was just a black void. It was just a a figure. Mm -mm. So... Uh, there's a lot of Native American history there, and there's okay. also um, the celery fields. Apparently, this isn't in the kind of history. This what the story that I pulled is actually from someone who wrote this book, which I'll shout them out in a second. But this stuff I couldn't really find key details on. But they did say that in the celery fields, they would actually use children as like slave labor in the fields, and a lot of children died in these fields so it's not just oh them it's multiple what? spirits so it's a very haunted place oh my gosh i want to go to there <laughs> it's uh, there's a lot of orb activity as well um okay the most common that if you if you go to look you can find there's a cemetery nearby that's that's amazing but this is one of just a dozen different stories in this small town of Oviedo, florida but I'll revisit those another time and another place. I've never heard of, of Oviedo, Florida Oviedo. before. It's yeah. very, very, very small. But uh, that story came from uh, Florida's Ghostly Legends and Haunted Folklore, South and Central Florida, written by a uh, gentleman named Greg Jenkins. Thanks, Greg and Nick. You told it very well, by the way. Oh, thank you. I, I stumbled through it, but yeah, it felt... It felt uh, it felt right because I'd been there and we didn't really have like a crazy experience, but yeah, uh, it's a cool little local thing and it's not too far. Like I said, it's about eight minutes from University of Central Florida on that road. That's crazy. When I uh, I didn't go to college, but in high school there were all the you know rumors of of stuff in the area. I actually revisited like the big haunted place in the town I grew up in. It was called Rita Road, and we. We were filming for the show in the same county, and it was, it's called the region. There's a bunch of small towns, but it it equals like a big city because everything's so tight and close. 
so I grew up in Griffith and we were um, filming in Crown Point. If anybody's from the region, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Anyhow, and we took the Wonder Box out and we got some voices. I'm not going to lie. So lots of mobster activity where I grew up, right outside of Chicago. So right. that they used, they said that's where the mobsters used to dump bodies now there's it's a street with houses and like a trail for people to walk and bike and stuff on i'm like y'all are fucked up <laughs> it all, all that stuff usually is i think that's like i think i want to encourage everybody to because a lot of people are like oh i live in a boring place it's but even this small town you live in it just takes a quick internet use your interwebs and and yeah you can find some pretty incredible stories not all spooky stories are are on a worldwide global national level look at your local stuff because that's that's the kind of untapped territory and there's some really interesting stuff there yeah go out there with a flashlight i mean be safe first and foremost do not trespass second and foremost but bring a flashlight record some evps on your phone have fun with it yeah we got nothing else to do right now and it's safe you can social distance ghosts because preach you know i it's it's okay if you do go to chapman road i do have to say if if anyone listening is is crazy enough if you drive too far there are houses that are down there and uh if you get too close to them you will probably either get shot or get the cops called on you so just tread lightly please sounds a lot like southern indiana it's Oviedo. <laughs> <laughs> wild chickens roam the streets Oh, sweet. I've been to Ocala and Orlando. I'm sure it's somewhere right in between the two of them. It is. Yep. Okay, so you ready for a story? Oh, if it's anything like last week, I'm ready. You are not going to have nightmares. You are not. This is my nightmare fuel. While poltergeists don't scare me, aliens scare the shit out of me. Oh. I was about to say, this is going to be like Casper the Friendly Ghost, or are we going to get crazy? So this weekend, I came across a freaking amazing series on Netflix called Hangar One. The show claims that each episode and each story is straight from the files kept in the warehouse of MUFON, which stands for Mutual UFO Network. And that warehouse is called Hangar One. Now, doing some filmmaking, you know oddity files i'm sitting there looking at this fabulous fucking ancient warehouse they're you know doing the drone shots of before every episode and i'm like i wonder if this is stock footage is that terrible of me mufon big big fan of mufon and anything mufon related i mean they've got it so yeah that's the first the the first kind of thing that got my attention right away i'm like oh this is a mufon thing (laughs) you you would probably enjoy the show this first episode i was pretty much hooked um chris and i were just trying to find something on netflix everybody has those nights where nothing looks good and he stopped on this and it kind of you know how it kind of shows a little bit of the show while you're like hovering over it and i wasn't gonna make him watch it come to find out he watched almost the entire series with me yesterday (laughs) but um they were talking about Um, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm going to read my story. So the first episode is what got me hooked. It was all about the U.S. presidents and their possible association of aliens and UFOs. I mean, it doesn't go back as nearly as far as I had hoped. 
I was secretly yearning for an old diary of Abraham Lincoln to have been discovered saying that he had seen strange crafts in the sky, but sadly now. Oh, it does, however. So close. So close. Could you imagine? Like, like somebody's going to find that paper someday and just be like, holy shit, I knew I loved Lincoln for a reason. Well, oh, other yeah. reasons. Even dated back. I mean, where do you think George Washington got his teeth from? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true. That's what... It's true. It's funny because it's true. Okay, so it does go back to about World War II, however. And the Foo Fighters... No, sadly, has nothing to do with Dave Grohl. Um, the term Foo Fighters was used by Allied aircraft pilots in World War II to describe various UFOs or mysterious aerial phenomena seen in the skies over European operations. So I kind of sort of knew that's where the name Foo Fighters came from, but it's still fucking cool, even the second time I knew it. Okay. Oh, it's so badass. Okay, the first sightings occurred in November 1944, when pilots flying over Western Europe by night reported seeing fast-moving, round-glowing objects following their aircrafts. The objects were variously described as fiery and glowing red, white, or orange, and pilots claimed they moved like nothing they had ever seen before. And if they got too close the electronics in their fighter planes would go all wonky, which is literally me every day. I am powder. So Harry Truman was sworn into the presidency on April 12th, 1945. Not long after the spotting of these not-so-musical Foo Fighters in mid-1947, Roswell, New Mexico was put on the map when on June 14th, Excuse me, had to burp. When on, <laughs> I thought you were just setting the tone and slapped the mic. It's like this shit happened. <laughs> God damn it! They landed. Ah! <laughs> so in mid 1947, Roswell, New Mexico, was put on the map. When on June 14th, 1947, William Brazel, a foreman working on the J.B. Foster Ranch, noticed clusters of debris. Brazel told the Roswell Daily Record that he and his son saw a large area of bright wreckage made up of rubber strips, tin foil, a rather tough paper, and sticks. Sticks, yeah. Um, he paid little attention to it, but returned on July 4th with his son, wife, and daughter to gather up the material. Some accounts have described Brazel as having gathered some of the material earlier Rolling it all together and then stashing it under a brush. I never heard this story before. That's why I'm leaving these stupid details in there, just in case nobody else had heard them. Right. The next day, Brazel heard reports about flying discs and wondered if that was what he had picked up. On July 7th, Brazel saw Sheriff Wilcox and whispered kind of confidential like, it was in quotes, I don't even know where I got it, I'm sure it was Wikipedia, that he may have found a flying disc. It is said that Truman actually went to Roswell unofficially to investigate the site himself. However, this is not officially documented anywhere. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, it's Allegedly. a project, project blue book. It's all in that. 
There's a lot of allegedly in this story. I'm just putting that out there. Until it's released, it's all alleged. Right? <laughs> so true. <laughs> that what a great way to like break the ice with somebody and be like, I allegedly saw a UFO. I allegedly have it in my garage. You want to see it? Okay, if the next person I meet for the first time who listens to this podcast doesn't walk up to me and go, I allegedly saw a UFO, you're no fun. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's safe. Yeah, I allegedly. <laughs> then you know you're in your true weirdo cult right there. Not long after the spotting of these not so... Nope, I already read that part. Son of a bitch. Okay. Later that year, UFO... Ologists or is it UFOologists? UFOlogists. Like, either one is perfect. So those people say that by an executive order, Truman would facilitate a recovery and investigation organization of alien spacecraft. This organization is called Majestic 12 or MJ-12. It's said to be the code name of an alleged secret committee of scientists, military leaders, and government officials. I do need to add, just in case the men who wear black suits are listening, the government has never claimed any of this true. But one of the alleged non-truths I found super interesting is that allegedly, I really don't even know the guy, George H. Bush was a member of this organization back in his CIA days. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. So after all that, then UFOs were spotted in and around Washington, D.C. between July 19th through the 29th, 1952. Oh, Truman. He was just, he's like, hey, guys, come visit me. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Edward Nugent, an air traffic controller at the now Ronald Reagan National Washington Airport, spotted seven objects on his radar. The objects were located 15 miles south-southwest of the nation's capital. No known aircraft were in the area, and the objects were not following any established flight paths. Nugent superior Harry Barnes, a senior air traffic controller at the airport, watched the objects on Nugent's radar scope. He later wrote, we knew immediately that a very strange situation existed. Their movements were completely radical compared to those of ordinary aircraft. Hmm. But there's more days with more UFOs. Barnes then called National Airport Radar Equipped Control Tower the controllers there, Howard Cochlin and Joe Zacco, said that they had also seen unidentified blips on their radar screen and that they had seen a bright light hovering in the sky. It took off, zooming away at incredible speed. So at Andrews Air Force Base, Staff Sergeant Charles, there's a lot of names, I apologize in advance, Staff Sergeant Charles Davenport observed an orange-red light to the south. The light would appear to stand still, then make an abrupt change in direction and altitude, and it happened several times. 
Foo Fighters in America. Okay. Sorry. I had too much wine. (laughs) There's never too much. No, ever, ever, ever. Another report by a pilot and stewardess. uh, They were still called stewardesses back then. On a National Airlines flight to Washington observed some strange lights above their plane. Within minutes, both radar centers at National Airport and the radar at Andrews Air Force Base were tracking more unknown objects. The U.S. Air Force Master Sergeant Charles E. Cummings visually observed the objects at Andrews. He later said that these lights did not have the characteristics of shooting stars. There were no trails, and they traveled faster than any shooting star he had ever seen. It's a lot going on in D.C. Yeah, but they built the ships out of tinfoil and sticks. Get the fuck out of here. I know. That brazer, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, well, maybe it really was a weather balloon after I read that. Yeah, just like, wait a minute. Something is not like the other. (laughs) He's a fucking plant. We can say it. He is a plant. Allegedly. Allegedly. He's allegedly a plant. (laughs) Okay. So when radar operators at National watch the objects buzz past the White House and Capitol building, the UFO jokes stopped. Two F-94 interceptor jets were scrambled, but each time they approached the locations appearing on the radar screens, the mysterious blips would just disappear. I got nothing. I, I don't even know. <laughs> and I, so I'm going, I, I, I watched the episode about all the presidents and then I started researching Truman first because he was the first one. And I'm like, oh, this is a whole fucking story. But somewhere in all my searching, or maybe it was the show, allegedly, again, allegedly, Truman said once they got to these blips, they had all authorization to shoot at them. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're going <laughs> to, men in black are going to be at both our houses next week. Yep. Okay. So the White House wanted to know what was happening, and the Air Force quickly offered the explanation as they do that the radar blips might be the result of temperature inversions. Okay. This is me raising my hand and calling big time bullshit. Okay. Later, a civil aeronautics administration investigation confirmed that such radar blips are quite common and were caused by temperature inversions. Okay. I'm just saying if anybody listening right now, may have something to do with a radar and airplanes. Let this bitch know if that's real or not. You, you know, know what, what I'm saying? What year was this? This was 1950s? 50s. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just don't. I. Well, that's why the public bought it, because it was the 50s and airplanes were new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's technologically that doesn't add up but no i I guess people were too happy they were everyone was doing the twist they didn't care about (laughs) aliens twist and shout (laughs) okay but seriously if any of you guys are flight radar guys or girls can you please confirm or deny any of this weather bullshit because that's the shit kitsy wants to know (laughs) That's it. Allegedly. 
Alleged. Oh, yeah. Men in black suits. Allegedly. I None of this is true. I'm making... No, not really. It's all online. Okay, and to finish out our Truman versus the aliens, Truman was in office when Project Blue Book was launched. While it was launched by the Air Force, I'm pretty sure Truman had something to do with it. Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. And those of you who don't know what Pro- Project Blue Book is, there's a whole series on the History Channel. Um, the Project Blue Book's initiative was to, to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. Thousands of UFO reports were collected, analyzed, and filed by the time Project Blue Book ended in 1969. It had collected 12,618 UFO reports. I mean, that's a whole fucking lot in a short period of time. Oh, yeah. That's too many. Oh, my God. I... Oh, Project Blue Book gets me going. I tell you what. I have, I've watched like just a little bit of it. At one point, I think something came up and I had to turn it off, but I need to sit down and revisit that series. Have you watched it? I haven't watched any of the show, but full circle, it's got a homeboy from Game of Thrones in it. So full circle from the beginning of the podcast all the way back here. I love when that happens. You've connected it. I connected the dots because that's easy math. They had, I think it was the first, when the first season of Project Blue Book aired, they had a whole thing at San Diego Comic-Con where they set up like a Project Blue Book headquarters and you could go in oh. and you, you talk to a agent about your UFO experience and they would draw it. Like, so it was, it was replicated to be exactly the, pr- the processes and procedures of the Project Blue Book days and how they did it. And you know, it's History Channel, so you know that shit's accurate. But oh, yeah. <laughs> but I have it. It's like I have the drawing somewhere. But I described when I saw a UFO uh, in Florida when I lived there, and, and they drew it on this big piece of paper, the sketch drawing, and it was so cool. I was like, "Oh my god!" This Wait is... a second. Did oh, you just say you, you've it. seen a UFO? Oh yeah, I've seen a couple of them. So we will talk about this UFO sighting of yours at another date in great detail. Just putting that out there. <laughs> There's not much detail. It's like. So we we will go into not so great detail. So by the time Project Blue Book ended in 1969, it had collected 12,618 UFO reports and concluded that most of them were misidentifications of natural phenomena, clouds, stars, etc., 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 or conventional aircraft. You know, are those the real files? Or I want to see the files that they don't show anybody. Like the X-Files or the Oddity Files version of Project Blue Book. Ultimately, Project Blue Book stated that UFO sightings were generated as a result of a mild form of mass hysteria. Individuals who fabricate such reports to perpetrate a hoax or seek publicity that one I'm buying. Psychological, no, psychopathological persons or misidentification of various conventional objects. So either you're crazy or it's something that's an airplane is what that's telling me. There's no in between. It's like no. one or the other. Yeah. 
you're either crazy or it's it's something that we can easily explain. <laughs> On January 20th, 1953, Dwight D. Eisenhower took office as the president. And the rumors of the president versus aliens continued during his reign in office. It's said by many he was the first president to meet with extraterrestrials. And he did so allegedly on three separate occasions. And I'm just going to go full circle again here. Dwight D. Eisenhower was one of the military men, nay, five-star army general that was possibly witness to the Foo Fighters of the non-musical sort in World War II. It's insane. It's insane. And I'm just saying, after that time, the advancement of technology was booming and still is. So I ask y'all, could the greatest inventions of the 20th century and beyond be the products of reversed engineered alien technology? Or is that a story for another time? Again, twice now. My wingmen for this story, of course, were all the fucking Wikipedia pages. I had like seven of them open. <laughs> it was insane. God bless Wikipedia. New York Magazine, History.com, NextGov.com, and of course, Hangar One on Netflix. Now, it won't take Mystery at the Museum number one spot in my heart or that of Don Wildman, but it's pretty good people. I, I highly recommend you checking it out. I need to check it out. That sounds that sounds great. I there's some stuff I think is starting to slowly trickle out, allegedly, that I think is gonna be game changing. I mean, I say that, but the last time they put stuff out about UFOs being real, people were like, Oh, there's a pandemic and didn't care. No shit. Like that timing <laughs> was cared. like, uh-uh. No. I yeah. fucking cared. You fucking cared. Can we continue with that conversation, CNN? Or did yeah. they even cover it? I don't know. I don't uh, watch the news. It nope. was in my Facebook feed. That's all that matters. <laughs> I saw it and it was from a reputable source. Absolutely. I am going to say, kids, we don't have time for a a story sent by the listeners, but this gives me the opportunity to beg for more stories from the listeners, friends, people who are anyone in the universe. If you want to send a story of your personal paranormal encounter, whether it's UFOs or ghost children in celery fields or Sasquatch or Nessie or any of the things or real possession that doesn't exist you know whatever send it our way to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com and um i don't know you have any closing thoughts nick i mean i feel like now is the time if if, if you have if you don't have any experiences if you're those people who have lived your whole life without any type of paranormal experiences now's the time go find somewhere abandoned that's safe uh go in the woods with yourself and maybe someone else that you live with to continue to social Take distance somebody else. Yeah. yeah good just go go discover and and make your own stories so then we can read those stories you're a goddamn genius sir and find fucking sasquatch for us and and ask him if he'll come visit either myself or nick because we would really love to meet him oh, i'd love it i have all the cheeseburgers <laughs> Because that's what I imagine uh, they like. 
Or no, they don't like cheeseburgers. They like the bun. Right? Oh, are they vegetarians? Yeah, according to the um, bi- the actual biography, Harry and the Hendersons, yes, they are vegetarians. Oh, speaking of that, last week you talked about your Bigfoot game. 1977-ish? I did. It sits right next to me. Somebody posted a link to an eBay auction in our Facebook fan group. And I, I, there's a few of them out there. None of them have all the pieces. And I sent somebody an offer. They were asking $44. And I was like, well, you take 38 The fucker didn't even message me back. He just let it expire. It's because so. they, they know what they got. They, they know how rare it is. It's a rarity. I got lucky. It was a woman who it was an estate sale on eBay, and she didn't know what she had. She was just trying to get rid of things in this difficult time. And uh, I got it for like 23 bucks. Oh, snap. Yeah, they were ranging anywhere from like 37 with more pieces missing. The one I had bid on had one like little white circle missing. And there's one that's complete everything 75 bucks. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I'm kind of a cheapskate right now. Nope. If it were f- four months ago, I'd have been all over that shit. <laughs> yep. I got it. I, I got it. It was back when I dreamt of having a Bigfoot uh, display case. And uh, now it's all just sort of scattered. One day, a man can dream. I, I need more stuff. That I, I think I like plateaued. I had I had gotten enough stuff and I was like, okay, I don't have anywhere to put this anymore. I'm running out. Um, because it was a, it was a freakish obsession for a little while. Uh, and I feel your pain. I, I need more. I need, I, <laughs> I need more. Same. I'm going to be all over the Ebays here real quick. When people are trying to get rid of shit fast. Yep. Oh, people are trying to make a buck. I'm like, boom, never ending story. Soundtrack on vinyl, 20 bucks sold. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this was so much fun again nick and to you that are listening weird is a new cool ghost on <laughs> we'll get there we'll did, get I, there. did i get there you did i can't remember what happened yesterday i don't even know what day of the week it is i know i know i'm gonna make cue cards for you <laughs> i mean like ghost uh, ghost ghost on <laughs> You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take that ghost on and I'm going to put it on there. Or I'm going to leave all this in. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> Uncut. Oddity Files is an independent production. Intro music created by DJ Jimmy. Wah, wah. 2020 artwork created by me, Kitsy Duncan. The opinions expressed in this podcast are ours and ours alone. Well, maybe yours too. If you like the show and would like to support us, visit oddityfiles.com and click on support. Or go to patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Every little bit helps with both the podcast and the TV show. You can also support us by watching Oddity Files on Amazon Prime. It's free to Prime members and dirt cheap to those who aren't. You can find us on all the social media sites at Oddity Files. Keep spreading the word by sharing, retweeting, and reposting. Join our Oddity Files Facebook group by searching Oddity Files Fan Group and click join. We'll approve you as soon as we can. All weirdos are welcome. Not into that social media stuff? 
tell your coworkers, family, even the weird guy who just won't stop talking to you in line for coffee. Oh, and grandma, your grandma will love us. We appreciate each and every one of you. And if it weren't for you, we have no idea what we would do with our lives. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send it on in at oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, send in story ideas, silly, weird memes, or just positive vibes to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. You can also call in and leave that in a voicemail. Call us at 317-300-6699. To contact us about an appearance, reach out at kitsy at oddityfiles.com. When you have a set, rate, review, and subscribe. We know it doesn't sound like much, but it really helps us get up there on the podcasting charts. And remember, kids, weird is the new cool. Ghost on. Um, why are you still here? Go on. Get out of here. Turn it off. It's done. Really? I swear, go. Get. Serious, I'm out of here.